watching The Wireless, a podcast about radio with Jamie Dyer. In this episode of the Watching The Wireless podcast, I talk to syndicated radio presenter A.D. Crampton about his passion for music and, of course, his radio shows. Then I talk to children's entertainer Aid Bowen about his unique show for online station Wave WSM. That's all to come here on the Watching the Wireless podcast. And if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can tweet us at WatchWireless19 or check me out on Facebook. Watching the Wireless uh, is the um, name of the page on there. And as that music fades away once more, it is my great pleasure to welcome you to this edition of the Watching the Wireless podcast. And luckily, in this new format, we are over the first week. So normally what I'd be saying is, well done for that, but what are you going to be doing in week five? Okay, I haven't followed my own rule, but um, we'll, we'll get there in time. And um, before we get on with today's show, I'd like to say thank you very much uh, for the support that I've received about the previous podcast and obviously all the ones before that as well. But this brand new format um, that we took up last week in the last edition um, seems to be working well at present. And I've done loads of interviews, which you'll be hearing over the next um, month, two months, Depends how many we get and, and how much we can get through uh, in the next few months or so. So here we are. So without further ado, allow me to introduce my first interview here, which will very carefully seg into the second one, because that's quite that's uh, how we roll here um, at the Watching the Wireless podcast. Yeah. This is watching the wireless. So I'm delighted to be joined by syndicated radio presenter, A.D. Crampton. Thank you very much for um, joining us today. Tell us how your show got started. Um, I got an opportunity to join, um, to not co-host, but be a guest on a little community radio show called Acacia Radio on the Northern Soul Show with Paul Lightley. And at the end of the show, he said, you know, you've got a really good voice for radio. Have you ever thought about doing it? I said, no, never far too shy and um and then i sort of like shelved that i put that in a box and <laughs> these things happen so much by chance it turns out it's quite a tenuous link here but a new station was being uh, being launched in 2013 called radio newark which is now on fm and dab across lincolnshire and um, the chap that was launching it he's the son of my wife's hairdresser <laughs> and every time he comes to the house he always saw me by the record player Play me records. He said, you, you know, it was a standing joke. Have you not moved since last time? No, mate, this is what I do. He says, well, we're launching a new radio station. Do you fancy presenting? I says, God, no, that would be so daunting. He says, oh, you'll, you'll walk it. I says, great. Well, I'll tell you what, can I do Northern Soul? He says, no, no, Dean's doing that. I says, well, can I do 60s? He says, no, 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 uh, uh, Doug's doing that. I says, oh, that only leaves me with disco. And he says, you can do disco? Great. And there we were. I was launched onto Saturday night on launch day. And I was doing Saturday evenings, uh, just like, I don't know, a Saturday disco party for the next, uh, oh, four or five years, I think, until I went on to daytime. So, yeah, uh, it's just a case of a personal passion for um, the genre that I was brought up with 
and um, I just like sharing the music. Yeah, well, it sounds like it from the enthusiasm in, in your voice there. Um, how did it go from being on one station to several? Um, well, it, it's a little bit of, I get approached by other stations, would you fancy, could we take your show? Because after I, after I recorded it, I'll upload it to Mixcloud so that anybody who doesn't hear it there, with Radio Newark not having a Listen Again licence, you've got to... Um, you've got to get it when it's broadcasting live or not at all. So I created my own Mixcloud uh, feed and started uploading them there. And I got contacted through there. Can we, could we take your show? And then also there is um, Facebook groups who are specifically for people who are looking to recruit syndicated shows. And so, you know, you send them across a demo and all of a sudden drums beat and uh, people receive it favorably and you find yourself on 15 plus stations so i feel very fortunate that so many people want are interested in the music that i play and the things i've got to say which is amazing since you were initially quite reluctant yeah. to, to get involved well it's it's quite strange it's um it's not quite a different persona but in the street uh, i'm the sort of person that that vanishes into the background and um i don't tend to strike up conversations very easily i don't tend to uh uh, I've got a small circle of friends. When I'm on the radio, it's as if I sort of come alive and there's an there's a, a inner person trying to get out, and I really enjoy that. But then, of course, when the studio door closes, um, that's that's the end of that until next week. Yeah. How long did it take you to kind of find your on-air sound? <sighs> I had a little bit of nurturing um, when I went on to FM. And I think you can see... When I went on to daytime programming, you can see the step up in different in um, in the presentation because I was being critiqued and snooped and uh, given some industry advice. So I think initially I was enjoying myself within so like two to three weeks. I found it less less uh, daunting. But then when I look back on the past recordings, it wasn't until I uh, started getting this mentorship, probably in two thousand and sixteen. I think 2015, that um, I really took it to another level and felt so much more comfortable in front of the microphone. It's also re really important to listen to yourself as well, um, I find. I find that very beneficial, that um, if you can go back through a recording, you can hear the words that you repeat and the people that start sentences with so. And, um, yeah, you just learn what to avoid. Well, it sounds like um, you learned your lesson pretty quickly there um because a lot of presenters don't like listening to themselves uh it's it's not the sort of thing that uh, well you always feel that you sound differently on on the um microphone that you do in real life uh and it's not the sort of thing that i'd you know i don't self-promote or anything like that but i do like to listen again to try and get the um impression the third party impression from the listener to see how they would take it or if something that I felt was funny at the time or witty might actually come over as corny and a little bit um, uh, change the dial. So it's, it's live and learn and you're uh, always developing personally if you continue to listen to yourself on the radio and critique it. You're extremely lucky in that not only are you playing the records you want to play, um, you're also interviewing quite big names, aren't you? Wow, yeah, that is such a kick. And, and again, that was something I was pretty much cajoled into because, um, again, rather shy. We used to have, as a, as a bit of an aside to give you an, uh, an insight, we used to have a box, the company I worked for, at Nottingham Forest. And I was a big Forest fan. And we used to have tickets to the Players' Lounge afterwards. And I could be shoulder to shoulder at the bar with people like Stuart Pearce and Nigel Clough. And I couldn't even look them in the eye. And the mind 
sort of turn speak to them. So to actually see one of these 70s stars that I've been buying their records since I've been old enough to have a paper round and then talk to them. Um, we've got a very good friend called Joy Yoxall, bless her, from Sheffield, from Barnsley. And uh, she was sort of like the person, oh, you don't need to worry. I've got you an interview with Sydney Barnes, she says. And then I've got you an interview with so-and-so. And I'm sort of trapped in a corner then. I can't let her down. Um, bless her. And once you've been pushed, pushed your envelope and realised that it's really not that daunting and and they're not the star up there. They just want to talk to to fans and, and like-minded people. In fact, it's really quite ironic because um, I was speaking with George Kerr once upon a time. I don't know if you're familiar with George Kerr, but he was instrumental in so much 50s, 60s, 70s music. And um, at the end of the interview, he was almost in tears saying, why would you want to talk to somebody like me about things I've done 50 years ago? I said, you just don't understand. It's quite ironic because I talk to them all starry-eyed because they're the people I've been following for the last 30 years. But they talk to me all starry-eyed because they think I'm a, you know, a current celebrity because I'm on the radio and they, they've gone back to packing eggs or singing in clubs or something. It's really quite strange. And I've amassed over 100 interviews now, I think, with people like Candy Staten and Denise Williams and um, chairman of the board and George McRae. And I'm, I'm really fortunate. Yeah. I mean, that is an amazing list. Even just those few names that you've given there. Are you organizing those yourself or you make reference to somebody else doing it for you? Uh, well, no, early doors. I've got a close friend that, um, that put me in touch with the people that she knew because uh, she, she's been on that sort of promotion side for a long time. But um, recently as I've got, <laughs> as I've got more um, courageous, Facebook is such a wonderful thing. And you can find these stars, ping them a message. Sometimes they don't read them. Sometimes they read them and dismiss them. And then every now and again, they come back and say, yeah, that would be great. When can we chat? So one Skype call later and an awful lot of research. And uh, more often than not, they'll giggle and say, how do you possibly know that? You know more about me than I remember doing myself. Um, so, yeah, it's really nice. You get special moments as well. Um, when people like I interviewed, bless her, Bonnie Pointer, she's died now but I got a bit together um, to speak with them over the telephone. And we started off really quite sort of official and professional. And at the end of the conversation, they were ripping the mickey out of me. <laughs> and just, I mean, like, lovely. All the barriers were broken down, and, and we got, like, a nice, comfortable sort of teasing uh, conversation. It was great. It was really special. It was fantastic. And uh, you say you've been doing your show for a while now, and a lot of – the shows that have been running for a while on the radio have like records that are associated with them. Do you have something that perhaps you play more than anything else? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I try and keep it. I try and keep it so that I don't replicate records. I mean, I've been a prolific record collector ever since. As I say, I had a paper round. I've got um, hundreds, if not thousands, of singles and LPs. So I never really, <laughs> never really run short of things to play, and they're all on the shelf for a reason because you know they deserve to be there. So as well as entertaining, I try and educate a little bit as well. Not to the point that I'm, you know, up my own um, backside, but I like to play uh, some regular tunes, uh, some some things that people can associate with, and then some things that perhaps they might not know, and then some things that, that that's completely passed them by because every day is a school day. I also like to focus on B-sides as well, because what people were dancing to in the 70s usually got a mellow track on the on the flip, which is much more suited to the 50-plus generation that's listening to it nowadays. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, when it comes to 
all those syndicated stations, all, all the ones that uh, in which you play on, do you hear from them much at all, or is it very much you do your show and you just it, it's just there, you know? Um, I'd like to think no news is good news. Uh, no, I don't hear anything from them at all. I do keep a check um, that uh, when it's been delivered, if it's you know the the show that I send in, and make sure there's no problems. I, I can see that they are still downloading it, so that's how I know it's being played. If they don't download it for whatever reason, then I can. Uh, ping them across and say is there a problem oh sorry not been in the office i'll get it done now the question that i always ask uh guests on watching the wireless is what are you listening to on the radio other than yourself there's a um, an online only radio station called union jack radio and it plays uh brit pop from the 70s to beyond and uh, that's really a bit of a sweet comfort zone i mean i've always been a soul music um I've always been a buyer of soul music, but then I also grew up and my teens were um, things like the police, the buzzcocks, um, the specials, and and you tend to get all of that on on there. So it's, that's always on in the car. Internet radio has really grown in the last few years. Yeah, it is wonderful. I know as a former syndicated presenter myself that uh, it is massive now, and I think more people are turning on to it. Mm. Well, there's so much choice, especially with the advent of digital radio. You, now you can pretty much type in that you want to look for, a, you want to listen to Motan, you want to listen to Phil Collins, and it will find you the stations that are actually playing that or have played it. So you can pretty much narrow down your choice to anywhere in the world. You could be listening to music from the West Coast of America, down to Cuba, across to, I mean, Japan and Philippines. They're, they're mad for uh, the sort of music that I, I tend to search for, you know, the soul side. Yeah. I assume that the show that you do is currently voluntary. Yes. Would you ever consider a paid position if somebody offered it to you? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, what can be better than working? Doing, I mean, it's not It's not work. If, it's, if you love it, it's not work. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I only ask that because some, it is literally just about the passion. And yeah. some would say no, you know. Well, I don't know. You see, it depends. It depends what you're doing because I do. Um, I used to be drive time presenter on an FM station, and the music, as well as being a tight rotation, it really didn't fire me up. And so it, it's quite a task to try and find something interesting to say about somebody you probably can't even pronounce and certainly don't know anything about. Um, so that is more of a chore. I still enjoyed it. That is more of a chore, but to play music that I'm passionate about that I don't really have to research the links because I already know that, you know, the, the nice little interesting anecdotes in between tracks. That's just, that's just pleasure. If I wasn't playing my records on the radio, I'd be playing them in my dining room. Yeah. Well, well it's where it all started. Absolutely. Um, finding you on, on the floor there with your records. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So if people wanted to find out more about your show, where would they need to go to? Well, I've got my own website, which, um, incorporates all of the interviews the full length interviews that i've done with each of these guests uh, it also features new soul releases and um uh yeah my weekly show as well so if you if you'd like to head over to a, a website called shinyl short for shiny vinyl s-h-i-n-y-l.co.uk then uh, you can get in touch with me there and, and listen to past shows and uh, so much more well thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today cheers jamie thanks for having me on this 
is Watching the Wireless. And now on the Watching the Wireless um, podcast, I'm joined by Aid Bowen from Wave WSM, a uh, local st- station for the um, for the Western Supermare area. Um, how did you get involved in Radio Aid? The long story is um, I'm a children's entertainer and I've been therefore entertaining and performing everything for a while. And then about 12 years ago, I started doing hospital radio as something to add to my repertoire of skills. Uh, but then when my daughter came along 11 years ago, I gave that up because I spent more time with her. But um, then when Wave started up about a year ago, I've been a regular on there promoting my books and my entertainment and stuff. And I was keen to try and get my own show going there, um, but just too busy. Come lockdown, suddenly I'm no longer no longer busy. So it was a perfect time and the opportunity to, to get my feet back behind a deck and start um, riding the airwaves. Yeah, so being a children's entertainer, the show must be very family-friendly. Yes, it's definitely... I'm, I'm trying to basically do what I do in live on the radio, so it's really interactive. Um, I've got silly characters. I've got a really silly quiz that I do with questions that anybody stand a chance of answering. With the storytelling, I've been serializing my published book and reading the short stories from that as well. Um, yeah, and it's just you know something to for the kids basically something that the, the music is is geared towards the kids as well. So lots of TikTok type tunes, but we all do some other classic eighties to try and educate them and stuff. That parents would go, oh, I've this this one for years. So something to try and get everybody involved. So that must take quite a lot of preparation beforehand, either recorded or written. Uh, it, the written preparation, yeah, it does. For the hour show, I do spend. Ooh, about 90 minutes um, researching it because there's a, a program and a format I know you know the first off I'm going to be interviewing somebody which is normally a character I've interviewed Darth Vader Mr. Blobby Captain Kirk Batman but I've also because I do stand-up comedy as well some of my comedian friends uh, take that slot as well and today I've got somebody from Plymouth come along and he's written a little sketch for me that we're going to be doing uh, then I do like a this day in history thing uh, try and find some interesting facts, then make up facts like last week. The fact was uh, it was the anniversary of the cow who jumped over the moon's first attempt when he actually crashed into the moon. So just <laughs> silly nonsense stuff. It's wacky. It's zany. Uh, and yeah, I'm just trying to make people laugh. Yeah. And continuing that good vibe that uh, that you do because you can't do it live at the moment. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky enough. I've got some... Um, virtual stuff that I do so um, I'm still entertaining people over the over the internet but it's it's few and far between and so having this radio show uh, is, is an opportunity for me to keep reminding people that I'm out there so that when lockdown ever does stop uh, people are still going oh yeah yeah he's a comedian he's a radio presenter he's been entertaining us he's continuing doing that Let's book him. Yeah. What, what is the reaction like to the show? It's good. Um, like I said, I want the interaction in there. And for, if you look at the the emails that we get in, my show is definitely the, the show on Wave that has the most people actually getting in touch whilst on air. So that's really nice to find out. I've got my loyal followers uh, and listeners who, who tune in. And it's quite nice, even though it's a, a local waste Western station. I've got people listening in Portsmouth and Reading and my cousins over in Wales are listening as well as um, 
a size of my normal fan base anyway, based in Western and Cleveland, Port Zed type of area. Has there been anything that you've tried on air that perhaps hasn't worked, that is perhaps more visual? Um, I think, again, starting out those 10, 12 years ago doing hospital radio, I made a lot of mistakes. They're all mistakes. I tried a lot of things that didn't really work. And so because I've got that 10 years extra experience under my belt, moving on to the radio show, it's kind of been natural. Uh, just how I've developed my my real-life performance, it's, it's moved along and I've, I've you know filled in those gaps where the visual humour doesn't come across. I've been able to turn that into... Audio humor. Outside of uh, your show, what else are you listening to on the radio? Well, I do try and tune into comedies. So the Radio 2 kind of 6.30 stuff. That was always handy when I was driving to and from work. Hearts, I've got to say, do listen to on a Friday because they tend to just have some nice feel-good music, maybe reflecting the type of music I'm playing. And uh, when I can, I listen to, um, obviously, the home-produced stuff on Wave. I've got... We're a big family. It really is one of the, the lovely things about Wave is everybody's there and supporting. And when you're live on air, we've got to, probably like most people, we've got a chat thing where people say, oh, your volumes are a bit too low, or this, that, and the other. Oh, I love this song. I haven't heard it for ages. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, it's really nice. Really part of a community. Are you um, all broadcasting from a studio or are you doing it from home? It's a mix of match when lockdown first happened and i started we were all segregated in our own homes and so the the producer set up um remote access for us but we were able to move back into the studio about five weeks ago i think now some people like jack on our breakfast show he's still doing it from his bedroom um but there's myself and a few other people who are going in and doing it live from the studio and it's so much easier. Yeah, and and of course the vibe, it's a lot easier to be uh, more immersed when you're in a studio as well. Definitely, like just then, I've got two daughters and they decided to run around inside here and put me off. And no matter how much I said, girls, got to be quiet, I'm on the radio, inevitably something would come up. Dad, I'm thirsty, Dad, this, that, and the other. So having the, the studio atmosphere and a microphone that I don't have to hold in my hand made it a lot easier. Also, I didn't have headphones, proper headphones to link into my deck. So I was having to listen to my show 25 seconds later as it went out on air. And then so any mistakes happened. It was like a good half a minute before I could go, oh, right, sorry about that. Let's try that again. And the studio obviously gets with that. I'm plugged into the live system. I know exactly what's happening. Yeah. I mean, these things that happen when you're broadcasting from home. But that's the lockdown um, situation. So when things go back to a normality, are you thinking that you'll you'll kind of split your time between the radio show and the live shows, or will you go sort of in one direction more than the other? Well, it's got to be saying, as a children's entertainer, I get paid. As a radio presenter, I don't. So obviously, the priority has got to be getting paid. But it's my show is on a Monday at four which is a time that I don't normally do paid work as well. So hopefully it's after the kit, the schools are broken up so I can pick my children up, head off to the radio station, and like everybody else, you can sit down, have a snack, listen to some fun family entertainment before you then get on with your homework. Yeah, I mean, you, you say that you do a lot of research. Do your kids help you with that um, since it's for children? They do, well, they do help me with a lot of um, what's modern and what's happening on their TikTok accounts. 
so that does influence the music that I'm playing. My eldest daughter, Willow, she is now doing a feature for me, which is like a news broadcast, but we just find silly jokes to say, like the one we've just recorded uh, is um, Donald Trump has just tweeted that he's eaten a clock. Uh, oh, damn, what's the joke now? <laughs> I messed up the joke. I always, yeah, Donald Trump has just tweeted that he's eaten a clock. He said it was very time-consuming. <laughs> Bit of politics in there as well. I mean, that's an old joke, but it's it's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm putting a new twist on it. it just And I like just dropping things in there where people are going, what do they just say? Oh, something unexpected. I mean, as a children's entertainer, you must have people that you look up to. Um, yes, there's um, a nice network of other entertainers in Somerset that I'm, I'm with. Uh, two years ago, there was a guy called Nutty Noah, one entertainer of the year. And as a, a magician, he's phenomenal. And his show, again, like what I'm trying to do, just works. Parents and children love it in the same way. Uh, there's another guy who's a really good friend of mine, Crazy Kev, and his puppet, Dinky Dino. He won Entertainer of the Year last year. Um, and just how he does his character stuff with the puppet. So he becomes the straight man and his puppet is the comedy. Um, is, is very inspirational. And that's kind of what I'm doing with... Um, with the characters that I've got on my show, I'm the straight man to the characters. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you said that your radio show is 60 minutes long. Yes. Why only 60 minutes? Did you not uh, Have you not considered making it longer? Or is that just too much work? You've answered the question there. Um, the, yeah. the station manager did want me to do two hours, and for a couple of weeks I did succumb to it, but I just didn't enjoy the second hour. I kind of had the format for the first hour, which was nice and punchy and it worked. And then I thought, okay, the second hour, I can just play some music and have some interesting facts and set questions up as you go along. But I found the second hour for me dragged. I know people, feedbacks, uh, people saying, wow, that was two hours, it flew by. But for me, it was, and it was before I went back into the studio as well. So it was in my bedroom. The children had to entertain themselves for two hours. That was a challenge. Um, so now went back in the studio, potentially it could stretch two hours again. And I probably have got enough material as it goes now, just how things developed. But as it's voluntary work, an hour plus the two hours or so it takes to set it up, three hours for a hobby is enough for me right now. I think you're probably quite wise there. Have you ever considered going into like podcasting or, or another area of audio since you do so much prep and there is so much in there? Yeah, it is actually something I'm working on and have been researching for the last couple of weeks. Uh, with the children's author that I am, I want to again uh, put my, my short stories up as podcasts so that people can experience the type of writer that I am and then hopefully be inspired enough to go off and, and get one of the books. And also looking at doing, again, a similar format to do on the radio show, just kind of a, an entertainment 45-minute session, put it up there as a podcast to entertain people and let me know I'm around. But it's, it's tech, the, the technical side of things. Right now we're just rebuilding the studio and we don't have the spare audio equipment. And from what I can do at home, although I could produce it, it won't be at the quality that i want it to sound like with the radio show where would you like that to go because at the moment wave is is online only as far as i can tell yes it's online only we are currently uh developing lots of things in the background 
um, getting registered as a community interest company and applying for the license to have an actual broadcast on the on the wavelength. But that's uh, again the the uh, station manager has been so busy because it's expanded so much during lockdown with people like myself and other DJs that suddenly not able to perform live. We've all gone. Oh, can we have a show on this? And like the other, so his team's gone from like three to thirty in the space of three weeks, and with the studio rebuild and everything else that goes with it, you know, it's just one of those other jobs. But he's we're meeting with somebody, we're setting up as a CIC, and then we can apply for the license to be a broadcast station after that. Well, I do wish all of you the very best of luck with that. And it sounds like what you're doing is unique and and certainly different. And um, you can catch uh, AIDS show on Wave WSM um, at 4 p.m. on Mondays each week. Um, Be sure to check that out. And I'd like to say thank you very much for appearing on the podcast today. Jamie, thank you very much for inviting me. You've been listening to the Watching the Wireless podcast with me, Jamie Dyer. My guests on this edition were syndicated radio presenter A.D. Crampton and children's entertainer, comedian and radio presenter Aid Bowen. If you'd like to get in contact with the podcast, you can. Whether just a message or you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, tweet us at WatchWireless19 or go to the Facebook page, which is just simply Watching the Wireless. This is Jamie Dyer saying thanks once again for listening and bye-bye for now. <laughs>